0: Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host Mike Laprie here with my co-host Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 112 of Screwball, uh, and this week in news is a lot of uh, managerial changes, kind of like we talked about uh, last week with uh, Joe Girardi. We are now going to see, we actually already saw, another manager named Joe get fired by an MLB team, and we could possibly be seeing another firing coming soon. You know, which has been you know, at least discussed by some news outlets here. But it's been a fairly eventful week in baseball, and let's just start as we usually do every episode with our news segment of the show. So the first piece of news I thought was a little bit more on the, light, on the lighter side because the next two pieces of news are a little bit on the uh, more downer, you know, side of baseball. But on Saturday night against New York Mets, uh, Angels first baseman Jared Walsh became the, fir- the third player this season to hit for the cycle. During the course of the eventual 11-6 Angels win, Walsh singled in the third inning, doubled in the fifth, homered in the seventh, and then uh, clinched a cycle with a triple in the eighth. So, uh, third player this season hit for the cycle, Jared Walsh of all people, who is you know obviously not known for his speed, but you know a stadium like that can definitely you know grant you a triple. Kind of bigger gaps and big you know, down the line there. Kind of like how KC is, sometimes a little more favorable for triples.
1: Well, he sent um, a field it dove missed a ball, so he got it. Oh, okay.
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> that would do it. Um, yeah,
1: his uh, first triple of the year. He only had one triple last year and, uh, against the Mets there, and I uh, was facing him in fantasy, so I watched it. So yeah, of yeah, course. Pretty impressive, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, congrats to him. Third player with a cycle this year is pretty impressive. Um, there's, you know, cycles you don't see all that often. Typically, you see at least once a year someone will get a cycle, but nonetheless, it's you know, especially like I said, if it's a guy that's not all that fast to get a triple is usually, you know, I think the one time Pablo Sandoval even had a triple, you know, well, he played for the Giants though, and that that park's enormous, so it makes sense. But yeah, congrats to Jared Walsh, a third cycle this uh, year, in all of MLB, not him. Yeah, Jesus, that'd be impressive. <laughs> uh, second piece of news I have here is probably the the bigger piece of news, the biggest piece of news since we last uh, recorded is Joe Madden got fired from the Angels. So from one. Nice thing about the Angels to the kind of negative about it. Uh, last week, amidst a long losing streak by the Angels, Joe Madden was relieved of his managerial duties and replaced by interim manager Phil Nevin. Uh, this comes after some disappointing uh, dis- some disappointing seasons for the Angels, uh, as well as a devastating losing streak that has set the Angels back quite a bit in the standings. So, I think we kind of saw this at least looming, or at least a decision to be made by the Angels, because although Joe Madden has been highly regarded as a manager. And has bounced around from really successful teams, and you know, Angels seemed like a nice fit for him. It just didn't work out, and you know, the team is really falling behind, especially in in a division where you have the Astros really excelling. So it's, it's, you know, they had to make a call, and uh, I think maybe it was the right call. You know, Joe Girardi gets fired the last time we recorded, and now Joe Madden. So I don't know if, you know, I don't know the inner workings with a guy like Joe Madden behind the scenes. I know he's a big you know, clubhouse guy, and, and he likes to kind of bring a team together. So I don't know, you know, if that just wasn't working and just on the on-the-field on the product just wasn't shaping up. But, you know, I guess it was the right call because the Angels always tend to have some issue during the year of injuries or they just underperform or this or that. So who knows where they go from here, but they're still in kind of a tough uh, tough spot. So I think overall maybe it was, it was the right call just to say, hey, we got to change things up. But, yeah, Joe Madden fired by the Angels. Uh, the third piece of news here regarding another team and another manager possibly being fired is uh, Tony La Russa for the White Sox. So similarly, like I said to the Angels and the Phillies, who have both now relieved their managers, the White Sox are really underperforming in 2022 and have not met expectations to this point. Really under La Russa. Um, well, no doubt one of he's one of the best to ever do it. Uh, should La Russa really be worried about his current managerial role? Uh, I think he should. Uh, tr- truthfully, I think that. Uh, the White Sox, my pick for the World Series, um, have really just with an excellent team. Granted, hurt by injuries, Lance Lynn coming back here just now. Tim Anderson's kind of found his way on the IL. I believe it was was it Eloy Jimenez is also hurt. Um, it was a big bat to the team. Jose Abreu underperforming. You know, so you know we have all these problems, and obviously the manager is always the one it falls on, no matter really what's going on. So obviously everyone knows there's nothing Larusa really had to. Any points to prove here by joining the White Sox, but maybe it's just not a fit with a young, exciting, new generational team with an old generational mind behind them. But to counter that, you know, you also have Dusty Baker with the Astros, who's an old generational mind. So it can work. It's just maybe Larusa doesn't work for this specific spot. But uh, he has obviously, you know, he hasn't been fired yet. Nor do we really have any indication that he would. It's just that they're underperforming and. Some news outlets have been reporting on it, so I thought it was at least worth mentioning while all the other teams have kind of, you know, been considering their managerial roles, So I don't know what you're kind of thinking with, with Tony La Russa there, but, you Yeah,
1: know. Uh, I mean, I, I know the organization really uh, respects him, so I'm not sure if they'll pull the trigger there. Um, but I wouldn't also be surprised if La Russa just resign at this point mm-hmm. and not deal with it and um, and just and just get out of there. Um, so that's something to monitor over the next couple of weeks see if they can get healthy and get on a little run here. Some other, you know, piece of news I have here. Um, are we looking at <clears throat> a possible home run chase? We're Aaron Judge, 24 home runs through, we're at the middle, middle of June. Um, are we looking at a home run chase? It's possible. He's got 24. He's on pace for, what, 60-something at this point. Yeah. So it's a possibility. Um, the All-Star voting opened over the past couple of days. Set so something to monitor and get your votes in. You know, the last little bit here is just going to be, you know, our topic for a day. It's going to be a relatively quick one, but... You know, it looks like offense is back. Uh, hitters are finding their swing again. You know, the weather's warmed up. It's been the big key, but hitters are getting their swings in, feeling comfortable, weather warming up. Who knows what they did with the balls. Maybe they switched them back. Who now knows. Yeah. But we see offense back up. And you can just look at that because if you go ask anybody who bet baseball, you could bet the under every game and start the year, and you would have won a lot of money. Now you're starting to see people bet the over. <laughs> yeah, right, um, right. But, uh, yeah, you see home runs flying. One day we had 57, 58 home runs in a day. Um, You see people hit home runs. You're seeing big innings, big scores. Yankees scored 18 runs the other day. We see, you know, we're just seeing a lot of scoring. Mm -hmm. A lot of home runs. You know, guys driving the ball again. So, um, is the offense back up? I think, you know, it, it was down. But I also think that it was just, you know, a little bit of an overreaction sometimes. You know, yeah, it started down, but. Was pitching just ahead of the hitters, the cold weather, was it, you know, a little bit of everything, you know. Right. Maybe was a new ball. People adjusting to hey, I actually gotta hit the ball instead of just poking it. So small things like that, you know, could make a small small adjustments. But I think, you know, offense is, is slowly creeping back up here. And uh you know, I just think that we're not it's not, nothing too too much to worry about. You know, yes, it's down, but um overall But you know, it's still you're still seeing exciting baseball and and people putting the ball in play and and game. You know, and runs being scored. So it's not like you're getting one nothing every game or two to one. You're seeing a lot of runs scored.
0: Right. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of good pitching here and there, um, or even you know pitchers duels. It's just that it was becoming such a noticeable problem that the pitchers were just dominating so much. It was like, are we entering a new era of baseball where the pitchers are really dominant? Uh, Is it just early in the season? Is it, you know, just, again, you know, new generational thing where you see so many different pitchers with so many, you know, uh, different pitches? But, yeah, the, the hitting has bounced back, which it makes sense because um, weather's warmer, ball flies a little better. You have know, guys that were a little cold and, you know, a little lack of more spring training. They're finally finding their swing. Um, maybe pitcher's arms, you know, they weren't quite as fresh as they were coming into the season. You know, maybe there's, you know, there's hitters that are seeing pitchers more than once now. You know, so you're starting to see, you know, if you've played a team like 10 times already in you know, a divisional team, you've already seen these pitchers a few times, you, can already, you know, how the scouting report and your approach and this and that. So I think that all plays into it. Um, maybe there is something with the baseball. I haven't really seen anything there because I think the balls are still flying relatively normally. I just think that guys are just finding their stroke and they're just hitting the ball better. And I think that, you know, with a lot of teams – or it could have just been by coincidence that all these guys just started cold. They just weren't ready to go. And then all of a sudden they just – you know, law of averages, they kind of find their way. You know, um, even – hell, even a guy like Joey Gallo who (laughs) – I criticize so, – I'm just not a fan of. Uh, even he's found his way to climb his average back up about 40, 30, 40 points, you know. so To a guy, <laughs> For a guy that really is not an average guy at all. I mean, he hits 200, you're happy. So, Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I think offense is just – it's It's not the – you know, it's not a dead ball era. It's changing. It's getting back up there. You know, shifts will eventually go away here too, and that'll help. But, you know, we're seeing the ball, you know, put back in play. Some strikeouts, you know, and things like that. But it's getting hit. You know, the ball's getting driven into the gaps. You're seeing guys like Vado who were batting 110 <clears throat> before an injury or before COVID. You know, guys like that starting to heat back up. But also, you are seeing there, there is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of dominant pitchers mm-hmm. in baseball. Now, there is. That's, you know, considered because offense is maybe down or offense is one-dimensional. Or if that's just we have dominant pitching. But we have some dominant pitchers. And then, again, everybody throwing 100, every, any pitcher, you face eight guys a night. <laughs> right. So, things like that. But I think offense is, you know, climbing back up there. And You're starting to see the higher scoring games. the warm weather, you know, feeling in the groove of things. You know, the season's on. You're in June. You know, it's time to start looking at the playoffs and things like that. So, you know, I think offenses it is climbing up, and you're starting to see more uh, balls in play and, and home runs and things like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's nice too because you know I don't I like pitchers' duels personally. I like when it's one one or one two. It's just so such a tense game, and really, if you you know if you're if you're MLB, you kind of like those games because they're quicker. <laughs> you know yeah, there's yeah. less action, but they're quicker, and they just love any game that's under three hours so yeah. but at the end of the day the fans want more scoring. you know you don't need every game to be twenty to nineteen, but you know you have a nice healthy game that's five to six or or five to four or something like that. That's a healthy baseball game, in my opinion, you're starting to see that a little more uh there's less one nothing games or two to one games or or three two or you know something like that so there's there seems to be healthy scoring. And maybe we're going to find a nice balance this season where you still have the, the you know, the pitchers that are that have like a two-something ERA and are striking a lot of guys out. But you also have an Aaron Judge who has 24 home runs, you know, which is nice. You have, you, have, you know, you had Mookie Betts was hitting really well for a while, guys like that. So I think that, you know, if we find a nice balance uh, with the offense, I think that can only help. And I would think most people would have noticed a little bump in offense. And you could probably attribute that to a lot of things, kind of like I said before. So I don't think it's just one thing. I think there's just a multitude of factors that happen throughout a season. Like I said, it could have just been a little bit of a coincidence. Guys just weren't ready. And uh, that just kind of is what it is. But we're we're hitting the time now. Like we've kind of said for a few weeks here, there's a lot of teams that's got to find their way and a lot of players got to find their way or else they're going to be on the chopping block for the trade deadline. Or teams could find themselves in a bad spot if a guy's not hitting great. You know, now all of a sudden offense is picking up, and there's still a guy that's behind that really, you know, can set a team back. A winning team can set a t- winning team back. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we see more offense, and hopefully the the ball finds its way out of the yard a little bit more often. Not quite juice ball 2019 time, uh, where you have the Twins breaking the home run single season home run record up and down the, the field. But yeah, I don't I don't mind a little more offense. I don't think anyone does. You know, but with that, let's move on to the the wrap up section of the show or the news and that is the who's doing the best right now so the yankees are still the best team in the league at 44 and 16 while the astros have the second best record in the american league at 37 and 23 over in the nl the mets have the best record at 40 and 22 while the next best team in the nl is the dodgers at also at 37 and 23 like the uh like the astros for once it's not the dodgers the best run differential in the league it's the yankees so the Yankees own the best run differential at plus-127, and the Royals still own the worst at minus-88. The uh, Royals are just not having a great time this year. And for a team that really – I, I I, forget exactly how I predicted them, but I remember kind of coming in like, well, they like got promise. You know, they have Salvador Perez who just broke – last year broke the catcher home run record, and Bobby Witt Jr. and Andrew Benintendi. And, you know, you have these guys who – you know, Witt Merrifield that can really – you know, can really hit the ball, and, you know, so you think at least the offense would cross out their bad pitching. I know we've kind of gone over this, but it's just, when you have teams like the Orioles and the Pirates, and they're finding their way, it's hard to believe the Royals ain't. You know, it's just, to me, it's it's strange.
1: And the Reds don't have the, the worst record of baseball either. They talked talking about how bad they were. They oh were my bad, God. and they are not even like, I don't think they're third or fourth worst team, record-wise, anymore. No. So...
0: No, they're like in fourth in their own division or something. I don't yeah. even think they're the worst. <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, some other teams I got here to mention on my hot cold list here: the Yankees, Red Sox, Cleveland, Braves, Phillies, Marlins, and Padres all playing well of late. Some cold teams: A's, Angels, Brewers, Cubs, Pirates, and Dodgers. They've been on some colder streaks here. A couple of losing streaks. Angels had a big one. Uh, Cubs and then lost six in a row. I think Pirates lost six in a row. And Dodgers they just got swept, you know, to the Giants. So yep. some some uh, cold streaks there. Um, so those are some of the teams I want to mention here on the hot
0: and cold list that I add. Okay. Yeah. Um, as far as the hot and cold teams go for who's hot and who's not for the, for the players of the week, I should say, I don't have the AL player of the week, Byron Buxton. Uh, I think he batted around 333. He had a lot of home runs. Um, I don't have him on here. I just didn't think he was quite the hottest hitter. Uh, and I believe the NL was, um, for the Reds, uh, Hunter green, correct. I believe he, he won it. Um, so obviously I don't have him, but I'm sure, I'm sure Frank has him, uh, listed as well, but the hot hitters I have for the week are Jordan Alvarez. Again, I believe he was on our list last week. He again batted, he batted 526 for the week, 789 slugging at a 1334 OPS. Uh, dude is just making the Astros happy with that contract. It's <laughs> just hitting absolutely insane. Uh, number two, Bobby Witt junior batted 476 over the last week with a 762 slugging and a 1334 OPS. Could this finally be his coming out party as far as like a real big major league hitter or kind of what they projected him to be? Maybe. Number three, Brian Reynolds, batted 478 over the last week with a 783 slugging and a 1241 OPS. He's finally starting to wake up. Uh, number four, Jorge Polanco, batted 429 over the last week with a 667 slugging and an 1187 OPS. And finally, Jake Berger. Uh, batted 417 over the last week with an 8.75 slugging and a 13.56 OPS. He's been kind of a nice surprise over the last few weeks for the uh, for the White Sox, uh, for a team that's really underperforming. Yeah, maybe a nice young bat, kind of like they had with uh, Yerman Mercedes last year. Kind of get him uh, get him up and going. So they're yeah, pretty good.
1: Yeah. Some other guys here I want to mention on the hot list here, uh, Christian Yelich, hitting hitting pretty good over the last seven days or so. Um, <clears throat> maybe he can get going. Try getting back to his MVP days because it's been like two and a half years of just not playing good. Um, and Oscar Gonzalez. <laughs> it is a name that you don't expect to be on the list, but he uh hitting well. I think he was batting about 400 for the week. Right. So, you know, had a good good week over here. Um, some pitchers. You mentioned Hunter Green already. Uh, Paul Blackburn. Pitcher good for the A's. I believe he went eight shot innings and ended up losing the game. Uh, Sandy Alcantara has been red hot for weeks now. Uh, John Heisley. Had a great start here. Robbie Ray had seven shot innings the other day, and Kenley Jensen, I believe, had four saves over the last week for the Braves.
0: Cool, yeah, uh, definitely some hot pitchers there. Um, I thought Kenley Jansen too was having uh, some struggles too lately, wasn't he? And he kind of up came... and
1: down throughout the year, but yeah, um, that's kind of what he does. Ever
0: since their hot streak here, you know, this last week he had four
1: innings and four saves pitched.
0: Yeah, runs, so I mean, you you know, if you're you know playing good and you're on a hot streak, you expect your closer to kind of be on the same page as everyone else, not blowing games for you. So, yeah. um, so that's good. Uh, the cold guys I have this week uh, are number one, Mookie Betts. Batted 077 last week with an 077 slugging and 188 OPS. I believe after last week, he was he was red hot for a little bit, so definitely cooled off. Number two, Luis Urias. batted 095 over the last week with a 238 slugging and a 446 OPS. Uh, number three, Pavin Smith. Batted 095 over the last week with a 238 slugging and a 446 OPS. Same as Luis Urias. Number four, Corey Seeger. Still not playing really up to snuff for the for the Rangers here. Batted 115 over the last week with a 231 slugging and a 403 OPS. And finally, number five, Hunter Renfro. He batted 125 over the last week with a 250 slugging and a 375 OPS. So guy that I think has been pretty good for the Brewers in the last this past yeah. little half year here almost. Uh so, he finds his way on the cold list. Like I said, I think he's been a pretty pretty good offensive you know, production yeah. for the Brewers there.
1: Yeah, definitely uh, won that trade.
0: That's Yeah, <clears> for right, exactly. Bradley,
1: yeah. So some guys I got here, Alec Boehm, struggling of late. Justin Turner, he kind of was hot there for a couple of weeks. Now he's cooling back down. And Jesse Winker, another one who was kind of starting to turn things around, but he had a cold week here of late. So, there's some other hitters there I just wanted to mention. Some pitchers that have been struggling of late. Um, Jose Quintana got beat up a little bit in his last start. Keegan Thompson for the Cubs gave a bunch of runs to the Yankees yesterday. Eric Lauer for the Brewers. The Brewers pitching has not been the same this year and, and their offense has not gotten going, which hasn't gotten going in years. Uh, but now their pitching is starting to struggle. You can start seeing them faltering here late. They lost first place in the division here of late. Trix Skruble got beat up a little bit yesterday. And Chris Bassett over the last couple starts for him has been, you know, not pitching that great.
0: Yeah, and for, uh, you know, in regards to Chris Bassett, like a Mets team that's has 40 wins. I mean, they to weather that storm, and have Max Scherzer hurt, and have DeGrom, you know, hurt. It's pretty good when you, you you're kind of making it work. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> but I, it, you know, in my opinion that's the uh, that's the Buck Showalter effect. I think I think that that there's just a different air to the team you bring him over. So, yeah, um, but yeah that's you know that's just how it goes though. Even with the good teams, you get guys like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's just how it goes, for sure. You know, the next segment here I got is, you know, the injuries. Uh, I would say the injury list in total, good and bad, I, I would say the list is just longer in total. We have uh, Danny Jansen for the Blue Jays placed in the IL, which led to prospect Gabriel Moreno being called up, one of the top catching prospects. Uh, Urias for Baltimore placed in the IL. Kittredge, we mentioned last week, he's getting Tommy John, so he's done for the year. Nathan Evaldi placed in the IL, I believe, with back spasms. Casey Mize, who's been out pretty much all year, if not all year, is getting uh, Tommy John. Oh, well, uh, Royce Lewis got ACL surgery in his knee again. Yep. It's a tough break there. Is Monty Grandal puts in the IL? Michael Kopech left his last start after two outs. Not sure where he's gonna. If he's going on the IL or not? Um, he's been sight so on candidate at this point. Uh, we have uh, Corey Knebel had some arm issues here. He's day to day. They did rodeo the day, so they're hoping he should be available here the next day or two say Azuki placed in the il and he is um still suffering some swelling in his fingers Tyler stevenson broken bone in his hand he's out four to six weeks i believe it's a tough break catcher Ben 300 doing doing very good this year and really was pretty good last year hmm. and walker bueller placed in the il with a uh, forearm strain i believe and he's not throwing for eight to ten weeks i believe so yeah, that one hurts, and that makes sense cause why he's been struggling of late. But um, right. yeah, Bueller, you're not gonna see him again until probably
0: August, September at this point. And that's if it's you know forearm strain doesn't lead to yeah you know.
1: And if he's and if he, yeah
0: he recovers right,
1: so those are some relatively big names and some bigger injuries on that that side of the injury list. Right on the good side, I feel like it's been it's a pretty longer part on the good side, which is good. Wander Franco's supposed to do some agility drills. He should be back here pretty soon, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Cleber Torres, he was pulled for, I believe, uh, he was sick. Wasn't feeling that great. They're expecting him to recover here. Probably play tomorrow. Jose Trevino had some back spasms. He should be back in the lineup in the next day or two, if not already. We have Fred Morais, was starting a rehab assignment for Cleveland. So he should be back. Amir Garrett activated off the IL. Uh, Chris Sale through the live hitters. He should be continuing his throwing. He should be back here, that's what they're saying, by July. Um, if not, right after the All-Star break, he'll be back. We have uh, Tim Anderson starting rehab assignment games. Big parts of the White Sox. You get him back. Ken Giles, we haven't seen him in a couple of years. He's supposed to be back here. He's doing a rehab assignment, continuing that. So the hope is he'll be back here in the next week or two. Uh, Mike Soroka continues throwing. He's still progressing. He's feeling pretty good, which is good. Matzik for the Braves, feeling pretty good, hoping to have him back soon. DeGrom through another bullpen session. They're continuously, they're hoping, best case is end of June. You're probably looking more July, probably after the Ulster break, if everything holds up well. Max Scherzer throwing, and they're hoping he should be back pretty similar time frame. Jack Flaherty's pitching great in his rehab. He's expected to throw one more rehab at least seventy-five pitches, then he could be back for the Cardinals, which is a big, big help for them. Mm-hmm. Kershaw was activated the other day. He pitched, so he's back. Uh, Anthony Descafani starting a rehab assignment. He should be back here hopefully in the next you know week or two. Tatis was doing some on-field drills. He's starting to you know progress. He could be swinging soon full-time, and then the hope is he'll be back here probably within the next month. Chris Bryant. He's hoping to ramp up activities from the back, the second back injury he's had this year. So, you know, we could see him back in the next couple of weeks. And Lance Lynn was activated today, and he was pitching today. So, um, it's another big piece for the White Sox. So, on the good side of things, there's a lot of names, a lot of big names, and a lot of good news. So, other side of it was some good names and some bigger injuries, but, the, you know, the good side of injuries, having people come back, it was a even longer list and some big names. So, you, you know, you take the good with the bad. But, um... We're starting to see some of these guys come back, and some of these big names that we haven't seen yet this year: Degrom, Flaherty, Sale, Soroka, Ken Giles, Tatis. I mean, there's updates on these guys, <clears throat> which is good.
0: Yeah, um, you know, there's, you know, it's a long list on both sides. It's kind of hard to say it's good, but uh, I mean, you know, there's some good, there's some good stuff in there. Um,
1: there's some, a lot of all stars there on the return list or on the, the good side of things. Yeah, Uh, lots of them, some, some super all-stars and some guys who can make runs at, you know, Hall of Fame careers on that, on that list. So you like to see them come back.
0: Yeah. And, uh, definitely help teams out. You know, there's some guys on there that could certainly help, uh, a playoff push, you know, so, uh, that's good. Uh, it sucks that, um, you know, some guys, you know, like Royce Lewis, I believe it's a second ACL surgery, uh, believe. you know, Walker Bueller might be looking at, uh. Tommy John, God forbid, if if that forearm strain goes the wrong way, and um, who was it, else that got Tommy John? Um,
1: Kitridge. Andrew Kitridge. He's been out of the bullpen doing pretty well,
0: and he'd been yeah he'd been big for them. So I mean, it's tough. You know, stuff like stuff like that is tough. Yeah. But at least he got some guys coming back, so kind of like you said, it just kind of weighs it out, good and bad. Yeah. You know, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, injuries are just how it goes. You just hope that you know they're not too too serious, and you know you can come back. But we'll see some of them. Yeah, um, definitely. The last bit I got here is our trivia question for the week. Um, We did talk about some runs and offense coming back, so I just wanted to kind of keep it somewhat similar to that. So the trivia question is, the 1931 Yankees hold the record with 1,067 runs scored in a single season. There's only been seven teams to score at least 1,000 runs in a single season. Which team was the last one to do it? So the answer is the 1999 Cleveland Indians had 1,009 runs scored. And that makes sense when you think about it, because that team had Albert Bell and Jim Tomey, Manny Ramirez, Lofton, Sandy, and Roberto Alomar. You know, Vizquel. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was guys in that team that were just... The whole lineup up and down it was nuts. Mashable, yeah. So, yeah, the, the team before that to do it, I think it was like the two or 56 Red Sox or something like that. Mm. So, it was a long gap. It's only seven teams ever do it. Right from 1931 to 2021 completed seasons at this point. Cause 22 is not completed yet. Right. Um, only seven teams have done it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, again, the 1931 Yankees hold the record with a runs scored in a single season. What team was the last team to do it? And the answer is 1999 Cleveland Indians with a thousand nine runs scored. So, yeah, with I mean, us talking about offense coming back and some teams like the Yankees scoring a bunch of runs and the Dodgers score a bunch of runs and the Mets even scored a bunch of runs here. Is it, do we have a team that could possibly score 1,000 runs? We have a shot. Mm-hmm. I definitely think we have a shot at a team scoring 1,000 runs being right there. But obviously we'll have to wait and see until September rolls around and then you go, oh, they need 30 runs in the next three games. They need this and that. And then you can start adding up. But there's a possibility we see the eighth team score 1,000 runs in be history.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm surprised we didn't see it, first of all, during the juice ball era. Those, like, 2019, 2018, like those years. Um, 2017, even, I think. And I'm surprised there weren't more steroid-era teams on there. Because there were some teams that had just insane offense. You know, it's just surprising that... And especially of all those teams in the steroid era, was the Indians. I mean, it makes sense because they had such a potent lineup. But you think, you know, the Yankees had a dynasty in that time. The Braves had a dynasty at that time, you know, teams like that, that you'd think would kind of find their way in there, but that's kind of cool. You know, they, I don't think that's as easy of a trivia question as it may seem, you know, yeah. obviously steroid era. That's your first go-to thought, but uh, yeah, that's, it's a, a good one for sure. Um, they weren't definitely weren't first on my list. I named I, a thousand teams before I named them. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, definitely a good one, but but that's kind of all I have for this episode. Um, kind of a shorter one here. There's really still not too much going on. Like I said, more of the firings kind of happening. You see some managerial changes, teams realizing that they need to make some changes if they want to make a playoff push. You know, around other sports, I believe the Stanley Cup final is set with the Lightning and the Avalanche. Yep. You know, the Rangers, you know, uh, team around here, they had their uh, fight, you know, with the Lightning. and The Lightning were, you know, the favors there they still made it to game six I believe the Oilers were swept out they didn't even really have a chance um so you have the Stanley Cup final coming up and the NBA finals I believe are, are tied or it's
1: game five today yeah so Warriors, uh, Celtics
0: yeah so that's uh that's huge as well it's now a three-game series essentially if you want to look at it that way so that's you know that's very exciting basketball is really winding down if they only have three games left Hockey Stanley Cup Finals, you know, can go seven at most, and that's about, that's up for their season. And kind of like we said last season, baseball's going to be in full swing, and it'll be the only real major sport on in America uh, coming soon. So uh, exciting time in sports. And then after that, you have you know, say the All Star break comes, comes and goes, and then you have the you know training camp for football. So uh, yeah. you know, whole bunch of cool yeah. sports stuff coming up. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely a lot going on here you know, baseball we should have some more exciting news here pretty shortly, like in the All Star voting open, so there's gonna be news there. And teams gonna make some moves here, start making some rumors about teams of the players they want. You know, if this guy comes back from injury, do we need to get this guy? If this guy comes back, do we, do we need to get make a move? So things like that are gonna start happening here soon. So this is really gonna get exciting. More prospects getting called up, people getting sent down. You know, so there's gonna be a lot of moves coming up here soon. So we're we're only Really, that could start any time, but we're really only about two weeks away from that really taking shape. We'll see what happens, but um, yeah, we're, you know, a lot going on in baseball and teams, you know, on winning streaks and losing streaks that can turn the whole season at this point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you saw with the Angels. I mean, they really made it hard on themselves now, you know what I mean? They were a team that was really set up and now it's going to be a quite a climb to get back into, you know, wild card may not be, you know, too crazy, but it, they didn't make life easy on themselves, that's for damn sure. No, you know?
1: no, we've seen the Phillies climb back into things, too. Yeah. In um, Atlanta, red hot.
0: Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, um, so you never know.
1: Yeah, and the last little bit, you know, the last little thing I got here is we'll have uh, Father's Day is this weekend, this Sunday. So you have yep. like to wish everybody a happy Father's Day and enjoy the weekend, their weekend. Um, but, yeah, we have that um, this weekend. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And as they always do a lot of big things in baseball um, around Father's Day and Father's Day weekend. So, uh excited to see those things.
0: Yeah. Uh happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there or fathers to be. You know, I believe baseball kind of like Mother's Day, they have the blue um the blue bats and cleats and uh gloves and kind of the that theme going around baseball. So that's always cool. Same thing with Mother's Day, they have the pink. So yeah, again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers or fathers to be out there and enjoy it. Enjoy however the hell you want to, watching baseball or eating food or just, who knows, just sitting on the couch is sometimes how fathers just want to spend their Father's Day. But yeah, that's kind of all I have for this episode. Um, that's all the notes I have. So unless you have any final notes or anything there, you can just, uh, if you want to wrap this up, Yeah, that's, that's all I it. got.
1: That's all I got.
0: All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at Screwball Pod. No Ian e Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.